Yo guys, what's going on? Lucky Cheese 7 is back again to give you guys another anime podcast. This time, it's not one that's based off a manga per se, or an anime original. It's actually based on a light novel per se. I don't really have the usual guys with me like I normally do. I've actually got somebody new here on the channel. I have heard one of their podcasts, and they seem like they're pretty cool. So I'll go ahead and let Nate from Elite um, Alice, right? Elite Alice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. from New Wave uh, Anime Podcast. What's up, everybody? Uh, so most people will probably know me from uh, Anime Twitter. Before my main account got suspended, I was pretty uh, notorious on there as Elite Alice, pushing the 86 agenda for the past few years. And then, of course... I'm pretty big on my anime list as well, Marinate 1016. Uh, in terms of reviews, you guys can check that out. I've written numerous over the years. And then YouTube channels, Marinate, if you're interested in travel and anime. And I talk about a variety of topics. So pretty much a mixed tool bag for me. And what we're going to be talking about today is the anime adaptation of the light novel series called 86. Which is actually pretty interesting because 86 is, I wouldn't say a well-known anime per se. Like, it, it's gotten attention, for sure. But it's not like, you know, one of your heavy hitters like Team and Slayer, Attack on Titan, the big three, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, or any of those. But some appreciation and some attention, for sure. How exactly did we hear about 86 and i'll just go ahead and give my quick little two cents on this so i heard about 86 um through word of mouth through twitter right around the time when the manga for attack on Titan was coming to an end and i needed i was looking for something that was not quite the same story but something that had like a similar vibe to it and a lot of people were like lucky g if you like attack on titan i think you'll really like 86 and i do know it's it's got some mecha influences to it and i've seen you know a handful of mech animes like gurren lagan and um code geass so animes like that i thought were really cool and i was like well it's been a while since i've seen a full-on mecha anime especially in a post-apocalyptic setting i thought I'll I'll go ahead and check it out, but rather than take the approach of actually watching the anime first, I decided to go to the source material and read the first light novel because I was curious on how it was actually going to be. And after reading the first light novel, that's when I jumped into watching the first core. That's kind of how I heard about 86 and how I got into it. What about you, Nate? How did you... Uh, care about 86 and how did you get into the series so some backstory i had kind of taken like a decade or so off of anime because when i got to like middle school um you know like people uh were talking about like anime as being kind of childish like when i was growing up anime kind of had like a childlike connotation of course now you know we know it as a medium is so diverse or whatnot so when, when i got back into it uh after a breakup at the beginning of 2019 i was on the uh light novel subreddit and I noticed a bunch of people were pushing 86, like all the time. 
And, you know, I kept saying I was going to check it out, but I just had other things in front of it. And then eventually uh, later that year, I started my, my master's degree or whatnot. So I had a little bit of free time and I ordered the first light novel uh, volume for it. And I was just instantly hooked. I mean, it was just such a compelling and gripping story from the very beginning. And I later found out that's because the first volume was originally supposed to be like a standalone thing. That's what I heard, too. Yeah. yeah. That's why it also kind of has it feels like, you know, the end of the story when you get to it. But, you know, of course, they set it up for more later on. And, uh, you know, it was just I was just gripped from the very beginning. It was such a remarkable story, really. I loved how it mixed politics and uh, racism. And uh, like you said, it does have a lot in common with Attack on Titan. So it it makes it very appealing to a lot of people as well. Definitely. I was just going to say this. If it was just the first light novel and that's all we got, would you have been content with that light novel? Because I know some people say it's great, but maybe we could get more things out of it. And I think personally for me, I would have been pretty content with the first light novel because it's like you said, it was supposed to just be a standalone story according to it's Asado Asada, right? The is who the author is. Yeah. So you're asking, like, would I be content if it were just the one volume? Yeah. I mean, kind of not really, because like romance is my big thing. So that's uh, true. Like I like Fruits Basket is my top one all time. Uh, Violet Evergarden, my number two. So I, I like romance. So I wouldn't have really felt satisfied if that weren't really fleshed out or explored. I can agree on that. From Like if it came to the whole romance department, then yeah, like it, it would have felt... I wouldn't say undercooked, but it would have felt like there could have been more to explore that dynamic. Exactly. Between uh, Shin and Lena. But given that, my expectations for the anime, because I had read the first light novel first, and I was in the same boat as you. Like I was like instantly hooked from the first chapter. And finishing of the first light novel and hearing nothing but praise about the anime, I was like, alright, because I've seen other fandoms and other animes where people hype up a certain thing, and then when you watch, it's like, is it really worth all the hype, or is it just people going like, it's hype just for the moment when in actuality, it's like, eh, it's, it's okay, but honestly speaking, I was quite surprised with how they were able to adapt the anime, because I remember you were mentioning it in the one podcast episode with what you and Eli did about like how they could adapt the material and whatnot. And the fact that they were able to adapt all of the first volume in like the first core just by itself was surprising. Now, I mean, yeah, they took a few liberties here and there from the light novel because I know some of it could be, well, in this case, like exposition dumps, but yeah, I think with how they were able to adapt the material and how they were able to tell the story in the anime, I think they did a relatively great job with it. What about you? I mean, without a doubt, it's the best light novel adaptation, arguably of all time, certainly that I've seen. Um, I mean, just the and 
86 is a perfect example of how it's about the staff, not the studio. You know, a lot of times people will see an anime adaptation get announced and they'll be like, oh, I don't like this studio. But really, none of that matters because it's all about who's in charge of the direction. Uh, and the director of 86, like, is absolutely, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he's phenomenal. Like, if you look at his, his CV, uh, everything he's done, I mean, is great. And you could tell just the level of care that was put into the adaptation. Like I mentioned in our podcast episode, you know, a lot of times these adaptations are pretty much just promotional material for the light novel. Like, so they give you a little bit of a sampler, but they really, to get the full story, you know, you kind of have to go read the light novel. But with 86, it genuinely feels like they want to bring this, this immensely detailed and fleshed out world to life just in a different medium, you know? not just to promote the light novel, but to genuinely create another way of experiencing the series. And uh, so I, I just really could not be happier with the job that they did, especially because, like I said, from the very beginning, uh, I've pretty much been reading since the first light novel got a license in the in the West. And, you know, I was just really excited about the prospect of an anime adaptation. I was a little worried that it was A1, but, you know, they handled it perfectly. So I couldn't be happier. That's true, yeah, and considering that it was from A1, I know sometimes it could be really good and sometimes it could be not in the best department when it comes to yeah. adapting anime. And S SAO is a perfect example of that. Oh, for sure, because I know SAO, like, for the most part I hear they, they handle things well, but other times I hear when it comes to SAO that they don't exactly adapt everything the way yeah. how it was depicted in the light novels. Yep. Season one and season two are big examples of that. But the latter half of SAO, like Alicization, they do they do a, a good job. But by that by that point, so many people have dropped SAO or got turned off because of the poor adaptation that the first two seasons got that like it really didn't even matter. Unless you were just like the most diehard SAO fan like myself. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of people would have dropped the story by then. So that sucks. They've got a uh, SAO, but then you see 86 and also Kaguya-sama, which they do, which is another like perfect adaptation. So the thing about A1 is that because they're a freelance studio, they have, you know, they get people from all over uh, different studios that will come work on a show. So it really does vary just by team to team with A1. So luckily we got a great team here, though. So we did. And if I remember correctly, I think uh, Asada Osado was, um, I wouldn't say behind the anime, but I know she was able to give her inputs on yeah, a few things. And that's, I mean, that's always big when the creator is involved in the anime production. You, you know, it's hard to go wrong there because it's going to be the exact vision that they want. So I also got to say the music when it came to 86 was incredible too, because and it sounded familiar when I heard the OP, both the OPs, and then I heard like just the background music. I was like, "Hold on!" Like the audio and, and the way how each scene was depicted, it reminded me of uh, Fate Zero, and we mentioned Attack on Titan earlier. Um, it reminded me of the OSTs from like both of those series. So when I looked up who was behind the music, I found that it was Sawano. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with him, but like any. In my opinion, anything he touches when it comes to OSTs, I think is pretty godlike. Yeah, so he he's actually my my favorite artist, like all time. 
Sawano is pretty much all I listen to all day. So like when when the when the eighty six anime got announced, well even before then, like just when I was reading the light novels, like I could not have imagined the world of eighty six being adapted as an anime without a Sawano OST. And you know, I even tweeted like uh, I'm sure I'm pretty sure it was back in twenty nineteen, like Sawano has to be on the eighty six OST. Uh, I would have liked them to kind of done the opening as well, but the the openings were good uh, as they were. But yeah, like he because he's done uh, a lot of mech shows in the past. Obviously, he's done Gundam, he's done uh, Aldino Zero. That's another one too. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of what else. But like he's oh he also did a, uh, a Galact what is it Legends of the Galactic Heroes. He did some of the OST for that for the the modern remake version. But so you know, just his music style is perfect for the world of '86 and it just it elevated what was already an amazing story just to even better levels because when you get a soundtrack that really perfectly encapsulates the mood of a scene that really just heightens it to you know to new levels so i was really really happy with that and i'm actually really happy that the ost is finally available in the west now because it wasn't out officially for uh like a wow yeah so really hype do you have like a favorite track um when it comes to the OST, or do you like? Yeah, I can choose. Uh, Voices of the Court, because that was uh that was actually the the uh song that they used with the promotional material when '86 first got adapted and like or when it first got announced. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Sawano on the OST, let's go!" Like I that was my favorite one too, actually. Believe it or yeah, not, I literally I literally screamed because I remember uh. The trailer dropped. I was asleep when it dropped, but I woke up at like nine in the morning because uh, I wake up like for all the seasonals and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, when I saw the trailer, I was like, let's go. Like it was just perfect. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I like Voices of the Core. And I also like the, there's like a remixed version that they did for the finale as well that I can't think of right now, but both of those. What about you? Yeah. Uh, Voices of the Court's um, one of my favorite ones too. That. I really like. In terms of other ones, oh man, there's there's one I had at the moment, and then it just slipped. If it comes to the OPs, and I know oh, Solana wasn't exactly super involved with those, but I really, I think they're both really good. But if I had to pick my personal favorite for OPs, it would probably be the second one. Hmm. Okay. I can't. I can't even remember the first one, Loki. Uh, but I know like Avid is my favorite song of the whole project, which was, yeah. uh, that's the first ED, right? I think so. Yeah. The second one was, uh, what was the second one called? Uh, yeah, yeah. The second into the sky. Yeah. Yeah. This, well, there were, there was three total. Uh, those two were the, for the first core. And then the second core had like a more upbeat one. Yeah. I, I like both hands up to the sky and Avid, but Avid is like my favorite song. It's probably my favorite song like of right now, probably top ten all time for me. Like I just love it. Yeah, Avid and uh, Hands Up Into the Sky. Ah, I can't say which one I like better because they're both pretty neck and neck. Yeah. But w- what about like uh, like uh, best episodes? And I that I think's pretty tough to decide on because I think m- a lot of the episodes are really really good mm-hmm. for especially for an anime adaptation, but. If it came to the best episode, I'd have to go with the final episode because that was, I mean, that was the end of volume three is like 
like that was the scene that I've wanted to see adapted out of everything the most, like out of any light novel currently ongoing with them two meeting again in the licorice fields. Like that was just, it was perfect. And they, uh, they handled it, you know, well, that was the second to last episode, but yeah, they handled it, uh, just perfectly. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking more about it, I think I would probably have to go with the last episode too, especially because, you know, reading the light novels, I know they did show that scene in the epilogue for the first light novel. And I'm glad as far as the anime is concerned that they didn't exactly adapt that scene at like the tail end of the first core. So I thought, yeah, chronologically speaking, it actually made a lot more sense to do it that way. The reason they did that was because remember they thought it was going to be the one volume, but there were so many, there were so many people. uh, Cause like I said, like I used to pop into the light novel subreddit like all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there were so many people who would be upset about that, like, and you know, they would try to give warnings to new people getting into the series, like, not to read the afterward. But yeah, they they handled that so so well. They did. It kind of ends off in a way very similarly to the first light novel, where if this was all we got, then I think, okay. I, like I said, I, I would have been content with it. But part of me would have been like, see, knowing what I know past volume three, like we would just only be getting things started with the story. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, that's, and you know, that's the mark of a well-written story though, when they can each be kind of self-contained and, you know, they're each complete on their own. So again, just shows how good of a writer Asado is. Definitely. What about least favorite episodes? Or we could also kind of jot that on the worst episode too, if that counts for something. Um, I can't really, I can't really think of any that I, I mean didn't like. I mean, there were some that like they weren't anything to really write home about. They were just, you know, they were just there. I guess it would be one of those. Um, I can't really think of any off top. Maybe uh, some of the volume two stuff, whereas you know the slice of life in uh, in Giat, that was probably if I had to pick one that I did. Like the first couple episodes of yeah. Yeah, where it's just slice of life stuff. That would, yeah, probably have to be one of them. Yeah, because it, it did, like, even though it was pretty faithful to uh, Volume 2, that is probably one of the, I wouldn't even say they're weaker moments, but it was kind of like one of those, like, moments where you're like, okay, this is nice, but it would be cool to kind of speed it up just a tiny bit. So it's, it's more of a nitpick than anything. Yeah. And you know, I think that I think it's kind of cool because you kind of feel like um you feel like the spearhead squadron, you know, they're kind of like they don't really feel content in not living that type of lifestyle either, and they want to be kind of back to the action. And as a reader, you also want to be back to the action. So I don't know if that was intentional by Asado Sensei, but if if so nice meta commentary for sure. Yeah, definitely very meta. What about favorite characters? Without a doubt, Anju, because Hayami Sayori is my favorite Seiyu. So, anyone, Anju's pretty cool, yeah. Anyone she voices is gonna be uh, my fave. I also like. Uh, well, we haven't met a couple of the people I like. the The anime hasn't hasn't got um, Shiden yet, have they? I don't think so. He no. has been volume four. I know that. Yeah, so I like her a lot. I also like. Uh, 
I can't I can't think of her name, but the the uh the main Valkyrie that uh always accompanies the the prince. And then I also like Henriette a lot because I always I have a thing for childhood friends. Yeah. Being best girl. 86 is one of the few stories where I actually I'm okay with the main ship, but usually most of the times I like like the childhood friend to win because I feel like they just get the short hand, short end of the stick. But I really like Henriette a lot. You know, I like a lot of her moments in the light novels, the later light novels, especially where Shin Shin kind of, uh, uh, you know, like accept their past and basically come to terms with what happened. As for me, I mean, if we're to exclude Shin and Elena, because I think, well, I feel like those are off, so like everybody's favorite character can be too easy to pick them. Yeah. I would say it's either uh, Frederica, because uh, she kind of reminds me a little bit of Psycho from uh, Itoki Gouri. Oh, yeah. Especially how she starts out, too. Like, she starts at, like, super laid back, and then kind of, like, as the second and third light novel progresses, like, she kind of becomes not hard-headed, but, you know, she starts taking more form of, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. She would also be she would also be in mine because lollies go burr. But you know, uh speaking of Frederica, there's a there's a lot of people in the fandom. Uh I just saw a post on the subreddit because I mod the subreddit um the other day. I had to approve it. Uh where like people a lot apparently a lot of people don't like the fact that she's a kid. I don't necessarily know why, but I've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of strange. I, just weird to me, but uh she I, I like her as a character too. She's fun, fun comic relief. If I had to pick so, uh a, another favorite character, I would probably say uh Raiden's another character I really like too. Oh yeah, for sure. Always always support the uh the wingman. Right. For sure. And uh Karina I wouldn't say is my favorite character, but she, she has moments of being pretty funny too. Oh yeah, yeah, she's cute. Oh, also, uh, Kaye, I feel like gets forgotten a lot because obviously she dies in the first volume. But like, I liked her a lot as well. Um, I felt like she deserved better. Yeah, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like when it comes to the anime, like they definitely did flesh out a little more on the the side characters than definitely than the first line novel. Which I mean, obviously we know why because the first line novel was just intended to be. A standalone story. Yeah, for sure. Did it do the light novels justice? I would say, well, based on what we've seen so far from the first uh, few light novels, I would say, yeah. It definitely did that it justice, even though I know they rearranged a few moments here and there. Like, I know the scene with all the girls at the at the lake happened in chapter two? I think it was either chapter two, chapter three, but I know they rearranged it to where that one happens either before or after when it actually takes place. Wait, wait before what takes place? I don't know if you remember this, but like, uh, they rearranged a few scenes here and there, like from the first volume, like oh. you know, like when when Di and the and Theo, and oh, I'm blanking on the other one's name too, but. They're just like all peeking in on like what the girls are talking about, and then, oh yeah, yeah, I, I know that happens like either just before or after, mm-hmm. um, the mission does. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I can't even remember that. It's been so long since I read that. 
Uh, I was blanking on something. I had something I was about to say, and then it just slipped. <laughs> it happens. Right. Um, the one detail I know they didn't touch on from the first light novel was how... Because there was this whole conversation between uh, Lena and her mom, and it was going into her, I think, like, being at the age of, like, finding a partner or whatnot. I mean, I know they touch on that in the anime, but I noticed that scene in particular wasn't there in, um, in the anime, which, it's, it's a minor thing. It's not, like, a super big thing. It's like, oh, why didn't they add that in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I some people can be like, oh, it needs to be one-to-one adapted. I'm like, as, and personally for me, as long as it's, like, faithful to what's already there, I'm personally fine with what we get. Yeah, I mean, the the main thing that you're always going to lose in a light novel adaptation is is, uh, is the inner thoughts of the characters, but I, I think, uh, again, with 86, I mean, they did such a, a good job that even though you may not have got, like, the monologues, they explained what was going on in other ways uh, that were, again, unique to the anime medium, and they were able to Again, goes back to what I was saying, like create a unique, uh, a, a unique experience for a different medium, but keeping, uh, you know, being faithful to the story. So I think I think you if you look at the things that were changed, it's only going to be minor stuff because, I mean, everything that was major, they nailed perfectly. So uh, really no complaints, um, which I think kind of now gets us to one of our last questions. Mm-hmm. Um, will we get a season two and how will it be adapted? Now, my thing on this is they haven't announced season two yet, at least as of the recording of this podcast. But if and when it does get adapted, I think they could adapt it the same way um, they did with this first season where you did the first three uh, light novels and then the second season could be four through six because i think i know the first or the fourth book is one story arc and then five and six is it 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 parallels the two and three where that's one story arc too if i remember correctly i think those would have to be two separate seasons because uh i can't i can't remember which i think it's volume six one of them is just like massive compared to the rest of the books oh really Uh, i think it's six uh because I'm pretty sure that's the one with the volcano fight with Shin, and uh, yeah, that's definitely, right. Yeah, it's definitely gonna have to be like its own season. Or I can't remember what how, it's for the start of the United Kingdom arc. I think so. If so, that would be like its own season, that United Kingdom arc, and then well, they're both part of the same kind of larger arc, but they're like mini arcs. So I think they would have to be split into two seasons if you assume they keep the same pacing with 12 episodes. That's true. Season two and three, I think, are uh, given given how the Blu-ray is sold and given how the light novels have done, season two is definitely a formality. I would imagine season three as well, probably like what you saw with Shield Hero, mm-hmm. uh, getting both of those. Uh, a few of us had the expectation that we would get an announcement at the first anniversary uh celebration that happened like a couple days ago was last week i guess didn't get it there but i'm sure with like no type of doubt in my mind that we will get a season two 
uh, announcement here pretty shortly. It was just it just did too well for it to not get an announcement, right? <laughs> get an announcement. I mean, and you look at some of the things that have got announcements lately, like our Ferretta, which didn't do that well. So it, I see no reason why it wouldn't. Future is really bright for eighty six. So it really is, yeah. And especially yeah. since I want to say the light novels are coming to an end soon, right? I think I, well, someone mentioned that this, this we're going to be getting to the final arc or something along those lines. Yeah, there's been there's been some speculation. Uh, nothing official, but it it seems to be kind of heading that way, which is pretty crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. The another mark of a good writer is knowing when to end the story instead of dragging it on, like having a clear goal in mind. And it definitely seems like uh, Asato has that. But um, just from my like personal opinion, I think there's still like a decent amount of stories to be told in the world of '86. So even if the if the main story ends soon, I think you could see like spinoffs and side stories because there's still a lot of uh, there's a lot you can explore. Exactly, it could be even like Gundam. You know, like the world is so rich and detailed. I mean, there's a whole because there's a still a decent amount of time from when uh, the Legion were created to like. Uh, you know where the story picks up at in volume one i mean you could do like a prequel there you could do uh spinoffs of other like survival groups so a lot to do in the world of 86. yeah they could i could see them pulling like a fate situation where i know fate say night was initially the thing that came out first and then you eventually got fate zero so maybe you could Something along those lines where the protagonist of sorts could be like Lena's father and how everything not yeah, maybe you get to how everything led up to where things are currently. Yeah, I would I would also like to see a side story on uh Frederica's night, um Kide. Like I think that'd be a cool uh That would be pretty cool. Yeah, a little cool side story. that would probably be like a manga side story type thing. Could even do like slice of life spinoffs of it, kind of like how Fate has a uh, uh, Carnival Phantasm and things like that. It's just a lot, a lot of opportunities with a really rich world. So we'll see. We'll definitely see, and I think that wraps up everything when it comes to this podcast of eighty six. So Nate, it was really great to have you on board and just talking about eighty six. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, uh, like I was saying earlier, if anybody out there is interested, you can. Uh, this this episode will probably also be on my podcast, some type of way or plug there. Um, New Wave Anime Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also hit me up on Twitter. Well, you can't right now, but you can hit me up on my anime list. I guess uh, Marinate Ten Sixteen. If you have any other questions about eighty six or pretty much anything else. Yeah, it was it was great doing this podcast with you, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. It was a lot of fun tackling this, and we should definitely do more in the future. Definitely. And with that being said, guys, that's pretty much shit. I'm Lucky G7, and we'll catch you guys next time. Catch you. Peace.